welcome back to another episode of your favorite SEO podcast, Rankable. I'm your host, Garrett Sussman of iPoll Rank. And this week I am stoked. We're talking content and how to how to build that that beautiful link driving content without necessarily having to like just be a link builder. I am talking to Ashwin Balakrishnan. Ashwin, congratulations, is the now the head of marketing at Optimizer. He's been a digital marketing specialist in, in content strategy and SEO, and individual contributor and doing a lot of management now. He's currently looks after the organic uh, marketing at Optimizer and he contributes to like Search Engine Journal, Wix, Nutshell. Oh, and, you know, so he does a little bit on the side. He's always kind of picking up clients, although I, I'm sure his, his, his stack is full at this point. Check out the copytrail.com. He's got a newsletter that he's bringing back, which always has like all these really valuable content nuggets. Ashwin, thanks for joining me today, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. Dude, how are you doing? How how's how are things going at Optimizer? Tell me about your marketing program over there. We're doing good. Um, it's kind of weird because at the start of the year, we realized that the previous year, all the stuff that Google had started to automate was really going to accelerate this year. Um, so we went back to the drawing board a little bit and we worked on a new positioning exercise and that took a good bit of time. Once that positioning exercise came out, it was validated, starting to pick up a bit of traffic. And then all of a sudden there's like talk of a recession coming up and stuff like that. So we went back and we're like, do we need to kind of scale back investments? Do we need to relook at a couple of other things? But I'm really happy to report that Paid search in particular has been kind of insulated from a lot of the hearsay or a lot of the worries about an economic downturn. We've been doing great. Revenue is up at the company. We've got more people starting free trials every month. Um, things are looking great. And it's largely built on the back of word of mouth, of course, which is which is my favorite channel, which we'll never be able to track. But the one that we can track that's doing really well for us is PPC Town Hall, which is our video series that we put out um twice a month and when i last checked in hubspot that was our best performing campaign by about a multiple of seven or eight times over the next best performing campaign so that's that's our money maker in marketing right now Dude, that's awesome. And I love, I love that you guys do video. If you haven't seen the series and the experts that Ashton and the team bring on, uh, really great videos across the board. I love that you bring up the recession just because you you kind of see this trend where there's always this hesitation to spend um when when the budgets get tight. And yet that's in a lot of ways the best time to double down because everything gets cheaper and everyone else is pulling back and there's so much opportunity. And you're in this interesting spot because you do a lot of organic SEO for a company that helps with PPC. You know, it's kind of like a, a, a fun, uh, you know, almost ironic situation there. A lot of your job is about generating content that will drive organic growth and, and, and generate links. What has been your positioning approach when it comes to like the ideation of the content that you're producing? So we tried... A whole bunch of stuff like we did the listicle approach we did the skyscraper approach we tried building links by doing um, cold outreach and none of it was really working and then i remember um i think it was brendan hufford uh who said you know try to try to get something that nobody else has and he said 
Your first party data that's sitting in your product that nobody else has access to is a gold mine for something that people will want to link to without even being asked. So we actually went in, we did that. Google changed a lot of stuff and they made responsive search ads, the default text ad in, in search campaigns. So we did a study on responsive search ads. We compared it to legacy ads, how they performed, uh, number of impressions they got, how they performed in terms of conversions. We took all of that data, our analysts put it into really cool graphs, and then we built a blog post around that. We called it the RSA study, and we had a bunch of takeaways. And for every piece of information we shared, we also went into how do we interpret this? What do we see this as a signal of? And we built that and we promoted it on social media. And the key was we didn't ask people to go look at the article. We didn't send them to the link. We put the information out there on social media. And that's how it started to pick up traction. And then Search Engine Journal started linking. All the people who write for Search Engine Journal started linking Search Engine Land. We got links from big agencies like Tenuity and Clicks. And I never sent a single email out. I never sent a single DM, all of those links just came in because either we promoted it or someone from our team saw a conversation in process and said, hey, this might be able to help you figure things out and share it organically. And basically, we were there when people needed us. And it was a combination of the right thing at the right time. And it really worked out that way. But I highly recommend going in to, especially if you work in SaaS, if you have product data, that's a gold mine for information that nobody else is going to be able to create. Um, and that's that's one of the best things that we've done is, is use our product data to turn that into studies, statistics, and research. I, I The article itself is so good. And one thing that I love about it, in addition to the proprietary data that you shared, is it's interspersed with a lot of great video clips from your PPC town hall. So it's like this mixed media experience where you're seeing subject matter experts, you know, kind of giving their opinion, your in-house team, you know, the actual visualizations that are very easy to consume. When working with your internal team to get that data, what did that process look like? Because that's a lot of struggle sometimes for marketers to, or SEOs to get in touch with product, get in touch with devs to actually pull the data that you needed. How did you frame that ask? So I actually had a really nice lift on this from my CEO. Nice. Um, one of the best things about working for a marketer is you don't really have to communicate beyond surface level value. And if you can explain that surface level value, you don't have to explain why you need those additional resources, why you need that extra information, what it's gonna actually turn out to be. So my CEO put all of the information together. I didn't have to speak to our analysts. I didn't have to do anything. Um, he used it for his conversations with customers and stuff like that. But we were able to turn that into an article. So now what's happening is we're going in now that expanded text ads are completely gone. We want to look at the performance of responsive search ads, whether it's it, that groups are not blended between the two different ad types. So now I have to go back. I have to speak to the engineering team and ask them for that information. But I can already go to them with a baseline and say, this has helped us achieve X, Y, and Z. So now I need the next batch of information and I can get way ahead of that. I don't have to tell them, hey, I need this in two weeks. I can give them three months and say, hey, I'm putting this on your horizon now. Uh, I need this by the end of the year. And they can plan stuff out, get stuff done, 
and then get around to this when their schedules allow them. So we're in a really good position now to build on that. It's brilliant. And and that is like kind of like your own skyscraper process too, right? Because it's like you get that MVP out there as a proof of concept and it starts generating the attention. Obviously, you're going to have the whole company backing you because you're going to be generating wins across the entire team that everyone's going to want to participate in, right? Yeah. The beautiful thing is that we can trace the whole journey. It's not just like, oh, this article gets views or this article gets clicks or impressions or whatever top level metrics, I can actually track back a couple of people who signed up for our product as paying customers, but they started the free trial off that article. So I can attribute that article to revenue. So it doesn't make a difference if I'm pitching the the ask to my CEO or my COO or the head of engineering, there's always going to be something of value for me to illustrate. And that's the beautiful thing about setting up you're tracking throughout is whoever you need to make an ask of, you can kind of speak their language and say, this is going to help me achieve X and it's going to make you look good because X plus one. And I, I love that. It, 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 the approach makes so much sense because I'm almost thinking if you didn't have your CEO, CEO's backing, if you didn't have that kind of marketer at the head, how would you recommend for other people to make that approach, to make that pitch, like to do the initial planning so they can get this type of project rocking and rolling? Yeah, I think it comes down to figuring out what is important to the other person figuring out what's important to you and your team, and then figuring out where you meet in the middle. So if you're going to go ask something of your CFO or or your head of finance, you've got to tie it back to some kind of financial metric. If you're going to your COO, it might be about customer support. It might be about retention, depending on what they're responsible for. But ultimately, you want to give them as little reason to say no or to push back as possible. And if you can frame the ask in their language and make it something that they can also showcase and say, hey, my team contributed to this. Uh, It's going to be a lot easier than just saying, hey, help marketing look great. And when you say make the business look great or make multiple teams look great, it becomes so much easier. I, 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 I appreciate that. I think it's like the initial, like all the work that you put in ahead of time to build it out and, and speak to the language of whoever your stakeholder is makes, makes it more likely to, to, get that kind of green light to start going. And then obviously it's like you said, you've tried a lot of different things. If it doesn't work, you just, you move on to your next like tactic. And if that works, then you double down. I think my, my approach at least is I look at other teams in the company as clients. So if I want something from my client, I've got to give them a reason to give it to me. You go to your client and say, I want to, I want you to spend a hundred thousand more every month with me on Google ads you've got to be able to prove the value. You've got to be able to commit to something. You're not going to guarantee results, but you should at least be able to say, it's my strong hypothesis based on this data that if you give me this, I'll probably be able to achieve this or close to this. So I do the same thing when I go to customer success, when I go to sales, I always try to frame it in terms of how is this going to be a benefit to you? Who, and, and how is this going to make you look good in the process? So if I can frame it less as you help me do something for my team or hit one of my KPIs and more like, hey, let's collaborate on this and it's going to look really good for both of us. I I find that very frequently I don't even have to do any convincing. People just want to help, but you've got to give them a reason to take time out of their um, to-do list and their tasks that they're already swamped with. Uh, And if you can give them that reason, 
most of the time you're not even going to have to push any further than that. And, and plus you're, you're, you, you're the most like helpful person out there. I always see you in all these different communities, like sharing your advice. It makes sense that if you are just a generally great person to be around, that you're always providing value without asking for it back. People are going to want to work with you in general, um, which kind of leads me to another question. Um, we talked a little bit about using your internal data to produce content, you use a lot, you work with a lot of like subject matter experts, like in like influencers in the field and people who know PPC inside and out. What are your recommendations for kind of deciding who you want to work with, reaching out to those people, and then kind of like launching these interviews to get the info that you need to make the content effective? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And it kind of dovetails with something else that I wanted to cover, which was the second type of content that performs really well for us is something with a story to it. Mm. People love narratives, people love experiences and things like that. And that's what PPC Talent Hall performs so well, is it's not just people coming in and talking about, oh, you know, this is how you should be running your Google ad campaigns, this is how you should run shopping campaigns. They share stories, they share um, evidence, they share things that they've been through. And we have a lot of marketers on, who aren't afraid to talk about the things they got wrong, which a lot of us shy away from, myself included. I've, in the past, I've been very reticent to talk about where I failed or what was difficult and just focus on like the great outcome. But those stories are really cool. Uh, they, they draw attention in and it allows you to kind of connect with the content on a human level. So interviewing subject matter experts, whether it's for part of content or whether they're the centerpiece of the article or the video is a fantastic way to draw people in. But if you're going to interview a subject matter expert, there's a couple of things you have to keep in mind. Generally, the kind of people that you want to interview are in influential positions, which means they're largely very busy. So if you manage to get 30 minutes of their time, you got to make every minute count. You can't just go in and try to wing it. You have to go in with a plan. You have to prepare. You have to set up and you have to set them up. So my process typically is when I pitch, I try to pitch in terms of, again, what is this going to do for you? So it might be something like, hey, we have you know 90,000 people visit our website every month. We get about 30% of that traffic to the blog, whatever the case might be. This is a chance for you to get noticed. We're going to promote you on social. We'll put you in our newsletter. So we'll get you out there a little bit more. Sometimes you'll have somebody who's not particularly well-known, but they have a really great story. And over there, just the platform is enough. So once I've pitched somebody, I'll draw up a list of things I want to talk about based on what they've done and who they are. And this is the most important part. You've got to do your research. If you don't do your research at this stage, it's really going to come back and bite you when you're in front of that individual. So what ends up happening is... If you want people to open up, you've got to form a connection with them. And that usually happens in the first two to three minutes. So before I got into marketing, I used to be a, uh, I worked in publishing. So I basically like interviewed people for a magazine. And one of the things I learned through trial and error was you don't really have that much time to forge a connection with somebody who's there at a transactional level with you. Right? So you have a relationship with this person, it's going to be much easier. But if you don't have a relationship with them, you're interviewing like 
a C-suite leader or someone like that, you've got maybe a couple of minutes before they zone out and put up a wall. So make sure you do your research beforehand and make sure you vet that research, make sure it's accurate. Like go to their social media profiles, look at what they've been doing because they, they're publishing that themselves. So you don't have to worry about the factual accuracy of the stuff you find on their social media. One of the YouTube creators that I love is Sean Evans, who's the host of Hot Ones. And basically what he does is he interviews celebrities while they're eating hot wings of different spice levels. And he he asks like the craziest questions because he comes up to that interview having done exhaustive levels of research. I'm sure he has a team behind him um, and they're all responsible for it. But he basically brings up things that celebrities basically go, how did you know that? I've never spoken about that before. And he'd be like, oh, we found one interview of yours in the Chicago Times or some newspaper from like 1995. So he comes in totally prepared. And then what happens is like you disarm the other person and suddenly all the stuff that they wanted to guard and protect, they start volunteering that information. So the same principle applies if you're interviewing a subject matter expert for a marketing asset, um, whether it's a video or, or a, a written piece you've got to be able to disarm them. So go in with that research and try to ask them questions, not about the work they do, but the experiences they've had, the moments that they remember and focus more on how they feel and how they felt in the past rather than the work that they did. You do those two things um, and you're pretty solid. The third tip I give you, and this is something you can build up to if you're not an experienced interviewer, is have a script, but don't be afraid to deviate from it. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's, it's, it, it, you're really speaking to your inner journalist, which like is not the, the industry itself is, is like, feels like it's had to go through a massive change over the last 20, 10 to 20 years, but the skills are always going to be relevant in marketing with this whole idea of storytelling and building that rapport. And you can tell it's very interesting when you're talking about like the subject matters and the influencers where the subject matter experts, depending, like, regardless of the size of their following, there's still going to be a certain amount of engagement and comfort depending on the person. Like, some of the best conversations I've had, interviews, and even kind of, you know, um, value that, that you drive from these, you know, these interviews are people who aren't, don't have the biggest following in the world. They're just interesting people who who haven't been discovered yet, if you will, right? Yeah, and that was actually one of the core philosophies behind our recent training event on Level. So it's not, it's kind of like an event, but it's also a training program. It's somewhere in between. Um, I wanted to kind of pay forward the whole opportunity to get onto podcasts like this. I wanted yeah. to pay that forward to other people in PPC who haven't really got the platform yet. So I intentionally went and sought out people like that. And I'll tell you, Garrett, they have put out some of the best videos out of everybody, you know, like the two people who I'd never heard of until they were introduced to me a couple of months ago are my two favorite videos out of the, the 14 that we've published. So they're bringing people that. out there and just kind of just like help them come out of their shell, give them a, a stage and a platform. 
the internet is such a big place and we get so caught up in our bubbles and you get your little communities, which are always great and enriching and fun. But like, there's always 10, 20, so many other communities out there that you have no idea exists and people who just haven't decided to participate yet. Ashwin, this is, this has been awesome. I, I love what you're doing at Optimizer. I love what you're doing at the PVC Town Hall. I'm so happy that the level was such so, so successful. Are you ready for some rapid fire rankings let's go let's do it okay we're gonna do it we're turning on the music and here we go ashwin first off rank your top three something something you love anything top three go so i have i have this routine where i stop work on Friday evenings around 4.30, and I'll put some music on, I'll get uh, a drink, and I'll just completely tune out and kind of set my mood for the weekend. So I have three artists that I listen to every Friday night to get into that that frame of mind. So number one is Soundgarden. I am a huge Soundgarden fan. Um, love, love the grunge sound. All of, all of the Seattle bands are fantastic, but Soundgarden is far and away my favorite. Um, and then Tame Impala. So from, from Soundgarden, build up the energy, then kind of mellow out a bit with Tame Impala. And then I'll finish with some nice house music from Hachi and Emmanuel. I, I'm with you on the grunge house music. I could do without, but you're wearing, you're wearing the, the plaid button-down shirt. So obviously you got that grunge feel. Okay, rank your yep. best SEO or marketing win. Uh, so, I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago about what performance really means. And I know it means different things to different people, but I've always looked at revenue. I, I do specialize in content, but I, I do want to kind of carry through. So my biggest win is when I joined Optimizer, the conversion rate from our free trial to paid was about 2%, just a little over 2%. And at the end of last month, the, the latest reading shows us at 15.6% for this month with the trend line sitting about one and a half points just below that. Dude, that's incredible. That's incredible. Okay, SEO, rank your top three SEO tools. Ahrefs is number one, without question. I log in every single day. Uh, number two, Screaming Frogs SEO Spider. Very, very helpful. I would recommend that to everybody. I mean, it's free if, if you have up to 500 URLs. And then the third one, this is kind of a toss up. I would say Reddit. Reddit because the the level of nuance and hyper-focused research you can do is pretty, pretty impressive if you know where to look on Reddit. Um, and I'll share this third spot with Also Asked. Also Asked is a fantastic keyword research tool, uh, topic research tool. It does pretty much everything and helps you find, it helps you create clusters, helps you find what other people are talking about with the content that's already performing. Uh, love all of those tools. Dude, I love that. I've read it. That's, that's an interesting one. I love that you added that. What's your, rank your best SEO trick or tactic? Uh, I'm going to have to go with, I'm going to have to go with structuring your page. So when I say structuring the page, I'm talking about obviously your uh, title tags, your meta description, all of that stuff but then going one step further, formatting your text 
so that you're more likely to win which results like featured snippets, right? So make sure you have bullet points, make sure that you answer questions as closely as possible to how they're asked, use visuals, use things that are gonna get you knowledge panels, you know, like rich media, things like that. And then I would also say on top of that, build out your schema markup. We noticed that when we started adding schema markup to our pages, traffic just shot up out of nowhere. There was literally nothing else we did, so we can't attribute anything else to it. Um, it's it's definitely proven to work. And then the more you can teach a search engine about what your website does or what a page does, the better the results are gonna be. Ah, preach, when you say schema, I'm like structured data, you gotta do it. Okay, rank your, what you love most about SEO. Uh, I'm big on routine and structure. So I love the fact that I can go in do the same things with variance in terms of subject matter, but do the same things every day for weeks and months together, and it's gonna get the results. Love that. Rank your best learning SEO resource. Um, Brendan Hufford runs SEO for the rest of us. That and Steve Todd's SEO notebook have really helped me in the last couple of years. Uh, those are the two that I would say must Definitely. follow and must watch. So great. Rank, rank the top one to three SEO or marketers that you most look up to. Uh, I'm going to give Brendan another shout out here. Uh, he is far and away my favorite marketer and definitely the one I've learned the most from in the last couple of years. He's also a wonderful person. Uh, Amalia Fowler, another wonderful person. She focuses so much on the why and the how instead of just the what. Um, and she's, she's like me. She's not going to step on anybody to get further up. I love that about her. Wonderful human being, wonderful person to talk to and be around. And Eddie Schleiner changed my outlook on copywriting around 2018, 2019. My career has not been the same since. Like I noticed, I started applying the stuff he did. My writing got better, people noticed, people started coming to me for stuff. Uh, that's just like, took me from here to here. His, his newsletter is excellent. Um, and finally, rank your number one cause or charity that you'd want to promote. Yeah, so I've got the Blue Cross of India. So I live in India. Um, we do unfortunately have a pretty strong stray dog problem. Things have got better in the past couple years, but a lot of people still get bit. And India is one of the countries with the highest incidence and death rate of rabies. Blue Cross does a lot of work to uh, not just vaccinate stray animals, but also with uh, a birth control program. So they sterilize the animals and prevent reproduction. Uh, and they do amazing work, but they don't have enough money to do it. They're, they're the people that I put my money behind every month. I love that. Check out the link is in the show notes um, for that. For the, uh, and, and basically, that's it. Ashwin. You're awesome, dude. You just exude great energy. You know what you're talking about. I, I really appreciate you and everything you're doing when it comes to content in Brendan Hufford's All In community on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. If someone wants to find you online, what's the best way to get in touch? Twitter is probably the best place at the copy trail. Um, I'm on LinkedIn very sporadically, but Twitter, if you find me there, DM me, get in touch. Um, happy to help however I can. Awesome. Thank you again for being a guest. This was awesome. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Absolutely. My name is Garrett Sussman of iPull Rank for the Rankable Podcast. We will catch you next week. Sign off. 